The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman is new when we be hired, Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. Yeah, that's all I got. Actually, I should have changed it, but whatever. Uh, I am your host for the There you go. That was weird. Uh, I am your host for the night, Roddy Cat. And with me tonight, well, no one. Because, um, hey, life's happening and people's had things to do. <laughs> but possibly um, one of the guys will show up at some point. But from the, uh, until then, it should, it should happen. You got me, for better or for worse. So, ha-ha, fooled you. Um, as always, we'll start out by saying that you can find me, Roddy Cap. At Rodicat on Twitter. You can also find me at News Nerd Need on Twitter. You can also find uh, me at Instagram on CB Caps. That's C B C A P S, where I <laughs> shout out to Matt Wang, um, where I post comic panels that I enjoy for the week. I've been slacking on that lately, but I'm getting back into it. Uh, Agent Seventy, you can call. So you can find him at Agent Underscore Seventy on Twitter. You can also find him on Instagram at Agent Underscore Seventy. You can also find me on Instagram or Rodicap, and then who cares? There's not much. Actually, there is some stuff going on there, but not much. Uh, PC and Underscore Dirt at that address on Twitter. You can also find him at Pop Cultural Net on Twitter. You can also find him at PopCultureNetwork.com. I need Comics.com, and I believe that's pretty much it. So you can go and check out all of his. Uh, his reviews and stuff over there. Tim Dog ninety eight on Twitter, also known as Tim Dad ninety eight. Um, you can find him at the Click Nation. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N. Excuse me, and you can also find him at CB Cron on Twitter, and of course, theclicknation dot com. Uh, and. CBR, where he's putting in work each and every day. So, uh, you know, I should. You can also find this podcast at CSPN.us, along with a, a bunch of other po- good podcasts and whatnot. Go check them out. There's some good stuff over there. You should you should really do it. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes. We're on SoundCloud, also under this uh, Cold Slither soundcloud banner and you can also go to shop.cspn.us get some merch over there help us out you know get get some nice comic chronicle swag i should have worn my shirt tonight but i did not that being said like i said since it's just me this is probably going to be a relatively short show. Well, we've got a lot of news. Um, san diego comic-con is going on right as we speak and there's been news coming out there. We'll probably hit a little bit of it. We got we got um man on the ground. Matt, shout out to Matt Wayne ninety seven. Matt Matt Wayne ninety seven, who's boots on the ground as he always is. 
So hopefully we're looking to get some see some good stuff from him. We should probably have him on the show next week if he's if he's around so we can uh get his um get his impressions of what's going on. He's always there. And the rest of us I don't think has ever gone to San Diego because that's not easy to ticket to get into. So especially if you haven't gone before. But nevertheless, I'm sitting here looking at Twitter right now, which I probably shouldn't be while I'm actually doing the show. Which And speaking of, I'm going to get into uh, my books and luckily Agent 70 threw some of his books in and I can go ahead and talk about that. So the first book I'm actually going to talk about is Star Trek, The Next Generation's Terra Incognita Number 1. Now I read this a couple weeks back because we got a review copy of it, but nevertheless... Um, this is pretty much a continuation of the uh, Prime Universe and the Broken, uh, excuse me, and the Mirror Universe uh, stories kind of come together. In this case, we have um, one Mirror Barkley, Lieutenant Barkley, who um, at the end of the last. Um, Okay, I get to that in a second. Who at the end of the last miniseries, um, kind of stowed away in on the prime to the prime universe. So everyone else went back to the mirror universe, with the exception of him. And now he's took it upon himself to take the place of one original Barkley in the prime universe. He's got him um, uh, held captive in captive in his room, and after a amusing dialogue with himself he tries to go out and takes uh regimental shifts and he finds out that how different the the mirror universe i mean excuse me the prime universe is as opposed to his own uh his own universe and he's sitting here thinking that well he's going to go in and, and um try to take over and find out it's not that easy to do uh, this takes. I, I you know what? I wish I could remember around the time that this could take place. But you see, um, if you know the character of Ensign Gomez, um, the one or two episodes that she played a part in, then she shows up in this. So I think this is probably somewhere like season four or five. I don't. I don't remember. Um, all that well, so but I like that character. She was she was she was amusing. She finally gets some actual respect in this link in, in this um in this issue because as I recall from the show, they kind of played her off of being a little clumsy and this and I mean she knew she knew what she was doing, but she was a little clumsy in this and she spilled some coffee on um on the captain and that you know that was hilarity. But nevertheless, like I said, uh, she uh, the fake Barkley and Jordy are trying to help this other ship, uh, this ship that Jordy and I believe Riker once served on uh, to help them out with some, with some issues that they are having while this other ship are trying to shuttle some uh, Vulcan emissaries somewhere. And Barker tries to take some initiative. And of course, you know, the people in this uh, universe don't know the mirror universe, Barkley, you know, they just think it's the, the Barkley they know and they're just kind of keeping out of his way. And he wasn't trying to hear no until he concocted a plan to actually to actually uh, try to get some respect on his name, which kind of sort of worked, it looks like, at the end of this. And then ended up going back in the room to talk to um, 
to talk to Brian Barkley while he's still held up. So I think this is a five. I know these these um, things are usually like five issues, so I don't expect this one to be that much different. I do not know, unlike the last one, whether this one is going to be monthly or weekly. Actually, it must be. Uh, well, actually, I don't know. I'm going to assume it's monthly, but the last one was like weekly, which I'm, I still say I don't understand why they did that. But nevertheless, it's done. If you are a Star Trek uh, Next Generation fan and enjoy Mirror Universe uh, stories from the Star Trek universe, this is probably, well, the last two, I should say. You should definitely go back and get um, um, Star Trek Next Generation uh, Mirror Broken uh, miniseries, which was the first one. This is technically the third one out of that. Um, out, out of that, but that was an awesome, awesome uh, miniseries, and it was basically based in the mirror universe. And it's the only next generation mirror universe stuff that we we've gotten because they didn't do any during the course of the show. So it sets up all of that, and then the the last um, the last miniseries was basically where the two universes met. And which leads up to, like I said, led up to uh, what's going on in this book here. Um, so, yeah, we don't know what, I don't know where this is going to go. But nevertheless, like I said, it is a good read. And um, I enjoyed my time. And like I said, I enjoy Star I love Star Trek. I love Mirror Your Universe stuff. So, this is good. Um, I kind of wish Dirt was on the show because I, I'm pretty sure he's already read this too. So, hopefully, if he, if he gets on or something, he can. Kind of tell his um, impressions of it. So the next book I am going to do. Actually, let me see something here. Let me see what Agent Underscore uh, Agent Seventy has. Now, why keep doing that? Okay. Okay. So he's read a few books, a couple more books than I have. But what I am actually going to do is do another one of my books, and then I'll go through one of his. And that would be. Oh, geez. Pardon me one second, folks. I know, riveting, right? So the next book I am going to get to right now is one that Agent 70 and I both read, and that would be Avengers number five. So, um... I think I have in my notes that I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this. What's going on with my camera? Uh, I don't know what's going to happen at the end of this arc, but I do kind of wonder where in the world are they going to go past this? Because, so if you did not know, um, there's like, I want to say there's two subplots going on, but there's actually just one big one. And that is we find out, especially in this issue, that the Celestials, who have been around on in, in the Marvel Universe for eons upon eons, for billions of years, are actually the ones, and at least one in particular, started what we now know as the Marvel Universe. Because uh, in this issue, we find out that there was a Celestial that was dying because it came in contact with some enemies of theirs that is also a part of this storyline in, in the form of some bugs that can make sick and kill celestials. Uh, one truck made his way to earth, started dying and started basically 
vomiting and yeah, things coming out of him. And from that, from that celestial's death and all of the ooze and whatnot and sickness that came from it, came what we now know as the Marvel Universe in the form of, you know, people being able to have powers and all that kind of stuff, which part of it was slightly confusing to me because it was like, okay, I can see if they said, okay, well, this is where mutants came from because that kind of kick-started, you know, people's genetics makeups, but they made it like, well, this is what started off your Spider-Mans, your Hulks, and your Captain Americas, which, as we know, all of those examples kind of came from uh, some sort of experiment that either went wrong or, you know, just took a turn somewhere. So that part to me was weird, but I get what they were kind of going for anyway. So th- th- basically from the ground up, groundwork of the dying celestial came, hey, all of this stuff is happening, all of your, your, your powered beings at some point kind of came out of this event, which... Hey, you know, if you were to tell me that Earth kind of, you know, <laughs> was the pro- was the byproduct of some sick alien, at this point, I'd probably believe it. So that being the case, um, it's some. It was a, this was a pretty good issue. This could be p- potentially my click of the week. I don't know because like it, there was some uh, fun bits in it, like um, um. I'm blending to because I actually read uh, issue four before I read this, but um, there was a fun little event that happened, I believe, last issue with uh, Hulk and uh, Thor on their way back to meet up with the the rest of the group. But this issue is basically, hey, everyone, you know, has been doing their separate things or at least in their groups. And now the groups are all coming together. So the, the Avengers are pretty much assembled. No one's actually said that yet. And uh, Loki is still kind of in the background. Cap was, was, um, was captured, but he got saved by Ghost Rider in this, in this issue. And, uh, and now the game's back together and things are starting to come by. And there's even, I w- and I won't say how or why, but there's even a reference to giant-sized Avengers, what I thought was pretty amusing uh, during the course of his story and the, and the way they did that. So, you know. so, But I pretty much enjoyed this issue for what it was. It's kind of, it's kind of a big slightly bombastic thing. There's also actually in my note says, says this also, there's a parts of it that kind of reminded me of justice league, the movie. And I'm like, that's weird. And that mostly has to do with kind of where they are in a part of the story. And, uh, one particular event that happens while, while they're in the course of that. Which kind of made me, uh, which kind of reminded me of Justice League, fun, funnily enough. So I don't know if that was if that was an actual thing or not, or that's just me thinking, hey, this was like this, but that that's the case. We don't know. We're going to go, oh, but we'll go with the one way or the other. Uh, Agent Seventy says in his notes, uh, potential click of the week. Aaron really hitting a stride in this issue, and I agree with that. It has the slightest hints of silliness. I definitely agree with that. But there are genuine wow moments in this story that makes it very fun to read. Um, only slightly, slightly bothered by the McGinnis art in this issue, less so than I was in the previous four issues. So, 
Uh-oh. Oh, no, because that's a different thing. So, yeah, that's a, that's what Agent uh, Agent 70 says about that. Like I said, I agree with him on, on some of that stuff because it there is a definitely some silly parts of this, and it is definitely some interesting moments, which leads me back to what I said earlier about the, like, I don't know what they're going to do after this arc because, like, where do you go from this? Like, it it seems a big enough arc that, um, okay. focus camera. Uh, it's, it seems a big enough arc to where it's like, you know, anything after this is kind of going to be a down note, maybe. But then again, this is Jason Aaron. He, Jason Aaron, he's done some good stuff in the past. He's also done another thing that I wasn't caring about uh, back in the day. I'm trying to get past that. And speaking of get past that, um, I'm going to do a couple of other books from. Agent 70's pack. And since we're on the Jason Aaron train, I will go with Thor number three. I have not read this, so I don't know anything about this. In fact, I haven't been reading. Uh-oh. Like, I haven't been reading much, if anything, of the Thor stuff, which I'm hearing good things about. Because Thor's never really been one of my big, big characters, unless he's with the, or he or and or she has been with the Avengers so, but Agent 70 says in his notes, uh, another potential click of the week, Jason Aaron is having a lot of fun with the still unworthy Thor Odinson. There are, of course, the Easter eggs tracing back to Simonson's Thor run, but with the several twists that Aaron incorporates with knowing winks and nudges, which that's the thing that happens. So, no, Agent 70 is a big Thor fan, so he's um, interestingly critical. Line of debate store was insane. Oh, okay, hmm, cool. Getting notes from um, Matt Wang while he's um, while he's still enjoying his uh, San Diego time. He did say earlier, by the way, he's like Matt Wang is smashing it. The floor was crowded, but not crazy. So, at the time of this recording, is Thursday night and uh, the first night of the show. I guess the first full night of the show. So, so cold beans, cold beans. As long as you're enjoying yourself, that's what matters. Uh, Moving right along, we will go to... I kind of wish he was here to talk about that one, so let me skip that one for a second. And go to... Let's stay on the Marvel train real quick. Actually, I don't think I have anything that was not outside except that one thing. Sure. So let's go to... The other side of the train with Batman number 51 from Agent 70. And uh, from his notes, he says, an interesting tale coming out of the aftermath of Batman being left at the altar, spoiler alert, and him not coping with that well, which I got a feeling that's going to make a lot of people, uh, well, that's going to make some people happy. Uh, so I I wish I had spoiler bell to um to ring at this point. Actually, wait, I kind of do, but you know what? Doesn't matter. So yeah, um, Batman, aka Bruce Wayne, was supposed to get married to Selena Kyle, aka Catwoman, and apparently that didn't go off. I haven't been reading it. Like only a couple of re- issues I've read that um were uh, probably about a good five or six issues back, and I enjoyed that, but. Eh. It is what it is. So, 
that's kind of interesting though. Um, because now I'm sitting here wondering. Um, so if you've been keeping up with either the show or the the comic book news, you know that uh, that issue fifty got basically spoiled by the New York Times. Um, to which Tom King kind of came out and was like, you know, hey, it's only part of the story, not the whole story. There's still much to go. He's got like a hundred issue run in him. So we will see how that pans out. Maybe they'll come back and be with oh, married at the end of the hundred issue. Maybe not. Who's to say? But that is Batman number 51. And actually kind of makes me want to read it, really enough. So, um, that being the case, we shall move on back to Agent 70's list and back to Immortal Hulk number three. I haven't read this one yet, but um, I probably will at some point because Al Ewan's been kind of tossing out something and and crew, I should say, it's not just him, but uh, has been kind of tossing out a pretty interesting story. Um, from what I understand, Hulk is now smarter than Bruce Banner, if that's even possible, and that's also scary if you think about that. You got the power to Hulk, and and it's not it's not to say that Hulk hasn't been smart before or Banner has been control of him before, but this kind of new. So Al Ewan's kind of been writing a suspense slash horror type story, seemingly with this. But uh, Agent Seventy says a well paced issue and well written. But I found myself not caring so much about what was happening. So, hmm. There you go with that. Yeah, it's like the concept behind it has definitely been interesting. And um, I could, the only reason that I found myself even wanting to pick it up was the fact that, you know, Al Ewing is a writer that I've, that I've enjoyed a lot of stuff about. But it this is different from the stuff that he's written in the past. Like he was writing uh, U.S. Avengers and um, a bunch of other stuff. I I'm, I'm, would be drawing a blank at this point to even try to run down the stuff that I enjoyed by him. But they've always been kind of a lighter tone, a little goofier in, in spots. Uh, but, oh, he also wrote, um, wait, he wrote Ultimates too, I believe. I think that's actually true. Either way, he's written some stuff that I like, and this is, you know, like this is an interesting take on, or interesting different take on the stuff that I didn't know him to write. So that's that. Uh, Infinity Countdown number five is next on Agent Agent Seventy's list. Really need to stop with that underscore business, but it is what it is. Uh, he says, "Well, I didn't see that as the ultimate ending for Hank Pym. Did anyone else?" Next up, Infinity Wars, which means so, hmm. Great, so now I'm going to have to read this because I have not been reading uh, much of the Infinity Countdown stuff. The only thing I read were the two Champions issues and that's because you needed to read those in order to uh, read the last issue of Champions, which I hate when they do that, but we're not going to go over on that. So I haven't been reading the main stuff or any of the other side stuff. So, whatever happened to Hank Pym in this issue... It sounds like something I might want to check out. And is it the ultimate ending for Frank Pym, who I assume is still inhabiting the body of Ultron at this point, because the last time I remember he was, so he was Hank Tron. Um, but 
Well, we'll see. I I don't know. But as you said, yeah, this is the last issue of this one. And uh, Infinity Wars is coming up next, which I begrudgingly find myself probably going to read because of the if because of the news that's been coming out of it with the 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 mashup characters and whatnot. But we'll see how that goes when it comes time. Like I don't know if I'm going to sit here and actually read all the other side side stuff with the um because there's a bunch of it. But I feel like I probably need to do some due diligence and, and at least read the main stuff and see if the other stuff is decent enough to, to pick up out of it. Uh, let's see. The last of Agent 70's books, which is the one I wish he was here for, and the one I wish I was also caught up on, is Spider-Gwen number 34. Um, so I am dreadfully behind on this issue, this book because things that happened and you know there are some books that kind of like I said with the in, in the Infinity Countdown champion stuff is like you gotta read the other stuff to kind of catch up on it. And I believe that's what happened here. I'm not sure. There was a crossover with Miles Morales Spider Man and I kinda got knocked off of it from that. But it is what it is. This is the final issue of Spider Gwen. I'm sad to see this go, but hey, you know, everything happens. Everything has a has a season, and this is no different. The beautiful thing about it is this book was allowed to uh, kind of end at, on its own in its own pace. So that's not to say we will probably be hearing the end of uh, Spider Gwen, aka Ghost Spider, because I'm pretty sure there's a new book. I know actually there's a new book coming this fall, I believe. So, nevertheless, um, Agent Seventy says, "Wow, all these potential clicks of the week." So, potential click of the week, a nice wrap to this volume of Spider-Gwen. The creative team leaves the characters in a good place for future creatives to pick up the story threads. So, like I said, it was good that this book was allowed to um, to kind of finish up at its own pace and at its own race, because not a lot of books get to do that. As uh, the creatives have said, it's uh, Jason Latour and uh, Rico Renzi. Uh, I believe doing the doing the arts, so it's good. Like I said, Spider Gwen was an awesome character. This book was great. Like some people had issues with the, with the art style of it, but you know, to each his own on that one. And I know we keep we keep we keep coming back to that, but it's just kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to have to catch up with that book and and um, and finish reading it. Like I said, it was a book I very much enjoyed when I was when I was on top of it. Uh, and at this point, I guess we're kind of at rapid fire, which you might as well say this whole show so far has been rapid fire because it's just been me and you either going to get rambling me or short me. So you take your pick, folks. Um, let me see. What do I have, actually? Actually. Ooh. Oh, yes. Actually, another book I wish um, Dirt was here for. And that would be Injustice versus Masters of the Universe number one. So this is a, another uh, DC slash Masters of the Universe crossover, which um, Masters of the Universe is under the DC banner, so it is what it is on that one. But um, the Injustice Universe meets Masters of the Universe. At the beginning of the story, we see 
which I totally forgot about because the last <clears throat> crossover was um, <clears throat> He-Man versus the Thundercats. And near the end of that, and I totally forgot about this, uh, pretty much everybody on Eternia found out that Prince Adam was He-Man. So from that, we go into this one in that, um, you know, you see He-Man at the beginning of this fighting, uh, uh, fighting fake He-Man, a.k.a. Faker, who apparently tried to take over the, 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 the kingdom of, uh, I don't know if that came out in, and um, in like a He-Man story, cause I haven't been reading any of those. And I'm not even sure if that stuff still actually comes out, um, consistently now that I'm thinking about it, but he's fighting fake or, uh, with what seems to be the end of, you know, apparently fake or had him trapped someplace, him and some of the other masters of the universe trapped in a place. They finally got out. So this is the, like the, the final battle between them, but come to find out during the course of this battle, um, well, one people did not know he man, the fake he man was faker un- until it got exposed and two, they liked him more than the actual He-Man, aka Prince Adam, as we see in the beginning of the story, which was which causes uh, Adam to kind of have some doubts about himself. Which his mom, Queen Marlena, uh, who is from Earth, if you did not know, uh, tries to cheer him up a little bit. And there's some interesting writing with her uh, that uh, that um, that was uh, that came out of this. But uh, we come to find out that uh, Zatanna and Swamp Thing from the Injustice universe has been spying on Prince Adam, a.k.a. He-Man, for months, and they go to try to recruit him to help fight the Superman of the universe, a.k.a. Super... Well, I don't want to call him... Eh, he's a dick, let's face it. But the, um, the, regime, the regime starting Superman of the Injustice universe, who... Um, if you did not know, so the beginning of the first injustice, um, Superman ends up killing Lois and his unborn baby because the Joker did some stuff and that set the ball rolling to Superman trying to take over the world, which he did. And then Batman, um, led the resistance and obviously, well, not even obviously, but you may or may not know this is all comes from a video game called injustice, which they're fighting each other and other folks and of course you got good and bad guys on on either side it's a pretty cool story like I, we've said this before uh batman versus superman would have been the a awesome beginning of the injustice uh movie of an injustice movie that's probably what that should have been realistically but we got what we got and we got what we got. So if you're, if you're interested in what I just said about injustice, you should check that out. So it's, they've done injustice and that got to a point. Then there's injustice too, which I think is still going on right now where, uh, they had some man in captivity. Then Brainiac tried to take over. So they had to let Superman out to fight Brainiac. And then of course that ha- what happens. Superman takes back over again and he uses some Brainiac tech to take over and be a little bit more ruthless than he was um, during the course of the first Injustice. 
including because you see some things that apparently are going on in this in this issue of uh, Injustice versus Master Universe where Superman has what I assume to be an, an Android's version of Batman because Batman of that universe is on Eternia trying to recruit Prince Ad, uh, Prince Adam during the part of this, which he ends up doing at the end of it. So we're at some point, we're going to see a fight between He-Man and uh, Superman. And I know some people have been wanting to see that. I kind of want to see that. I am curious as to where that's going to go. Because as we know, and the reason it was sound, actually, so because um, He-Man, God of Powers from Magic, has a magic sword. Superman, weak the magic. So that's kind of the, the basis of why uh, Batman's trying to trying to recruit Prince Adam, and on the other side of that, Superman has been trying to collect all the magical artifacts uh, that he could find with the help of one Skeletor. And I'm giving away the whole thing, but you, if you're if even the title of this um, this miniseries, which is six issues by the way, is of any interest to you, you probably want to read it anyway because, like I said, I'm not telling everything just about the main beats of it. Nevertheless, it, it seems like it's going to be a cool crossover, but like I said, um, Batman tries to recruit, re- recruit Prince Adam, which he does, and Superman's trying to um, get all the magical items so that couldn't be used against them. Ooh, interesting. Just saw some news that I need that I might want to pop in here at some point. Um, no, 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 I don't know where to put it, but I will do that in a minute because news is coming up. Uh, so yeah, and Superman has the help of Skeletor, which got taken care of at the end of um, He Man, uh, He Man and um, Thundercats, if I'm not mistaken. So, here we go. Ding. So, I kind of love this crossover was actually pretty. I mean, well, it hadn't really started in full yet. Because at the end of this uh, issue, someone else comes into the picture because there's another little subplot that I didn't actually mention. But um, if you know anything about the DC Universe, you can kind of speculate that as to where that's going, especially with what I've told you so far, because there's someone that's not going to sit idly by and just you know not be a thorn in the, in the side, which is also probably going to lead into both camps um, teaming up as opposed to fighting each other. I'm quite sure of that. But that is uh, Injustice versus Message Universe number one. I'm hoping this comes out pretty good. I kind of, I did say in my notes that um, I, I'm being curious to ch- catch up on the Message of the Universe comics, which I know there have been. I don't know if there's a, um, a current ongoing or not. And the injustice stuff, because the injustice stuff is actually, from what I remember reading from the first one, and the game's also pretty good if you like fighting games, uh, is a pretty cool story, and it kind of goes places. But I didn't uh, read a whole lot of it, and I hadn't read any of two. So the stuff that I told you about, you know, Superman retaking over and whatnot, I only knew just bits and pieces about. Oh God, what's going on? So there is that. Check it out if you wish. Uh, last but not least is, and this is going to be very brief because I kind of skimmed this, admittedly, and there's a couple of books I wanted to get to that I didn't have a chance to, and that was uh, Star Wars Poe Dameron number 29. 
So basically all of this is, is the last few issues has been Poe's version of catching up to the last couple of movies, that being um, Force Awakens and Last, Last Jedi. In this issue, we see what the rest of Black Squadron was doing uh, during the course of Last Jedi. I want to say before a certain part, but I'm not even sure. It's not even clear if all of them were even around, with the exception of one uh, was even around. But we see Snap Wexley and, and a couple of the other folks on a, a mission for some folks that uh, is going to continue obviously the next issue of this. So, as things tend to happen in, in Star Wars, you know, they go there, some things happen, <laughs> and um, it goes away, let's just say. And this one, this one kind of was a little more cut and dry from what I saw, though. So it wasn't, it didn't go as bad as what, say, the, the main Star Wars crew would normally get into, but some things happen. So I won't go into that, because like I said, I just skimmed it. And that, folks, is that for the uh for the books for this week and we now have we're now going into the clicks of the week before we get into the news no sound effects folks so uh dirt happens to put his in the ring and i'm spelled that uh with encounter number five so encounter is a book from the oh yeah comics crew of um of uh, Franco, not James Franco, um, <laughs> of uh, Balthazar and Franco, and this is a kid-friendly book, and I guess he, and what he says here is, uh, from the writers of the Aya comics, it's an all-ages book about a shape-changing alien and his dog, which I've, I remember seeing a couple of these issues, but then I haven't read any of them, so it's a, it's a cute-looking book, and he was saying that... Uh, he he uh, had to drive it to his son who was at summer camp because he didn't want to wait. So that's saying something right there because he knows. And granted, you know, hey, kids are how they are about comic books, but you know, if it's just like some of us, you know, older adults, like there are certain comics that's like, you know what, I can't wait to read this. So I'm gonna put it at the top of my list and or, you know, try to get to it as for, uh, as soon as possible. He also says if you read the Titan Titans, it's kind of the same flavor. Which yeah, the all yet comics kind of have have that. Has that all um, all ages flavor to it, and it's cute and kind of fun. And that doesn't don't this from from my doesn't get too too serious, but it's a good all ages book from what he says. So there's that. No one else put in their clicks of the week, um, and mine. I just may end up going with. Avengers number five. I enjoyed Star Trek Next Generation's Terra uh, Incognita a good bit. You know, enough to the way I read it twice. But it's, like I said, you kind of have to be there for that one. And it's not like there was a whole bunch of action that happened to it, but it was just a pretty decent uh, Star Trek Next Generation story with a little little twist in it with the Mirror Universe Barkley in it. But Avengers 5 definitely had some good moments in it. And as uh, Agent 70 said, some wild moments and whatnot. Uh, it made it a pretty fun book in its own right. So that, I think, is going to be my click of the week. 
And actually, I'm going to put this other book in here while I'm thinking about it. So, we move on from there into, well, before we do that, actually, we need to do an ad read. And boy, my voice is going to feel really bad after this night. Uh, let's see. First ad read of the night is going to be for Amazon. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, click scroll down, up from there, scroll down and click the Amazon link to shop. Uh, purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, uh, electronics, jewelry, apparel, apparel, and etc. Apparel, Jesus Christ. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a pavement that helps us keep uh, the Comic Book Chronicle podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost. Um, I'm going to add here Prime Day just happened, and I think there's still there may be a couple still deals lingering around. Maybe, maybe not. That was a couple of days ago at the time of this recording, so but you never know. You should go check it out anyway. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. And with that, we go into the cinematic news. I should have had my uh my sound soundboard proper and ready. But nevertheless, here we are, newsbound. And we start off with Star Trek IV eyeing Walking Dead uh Black Panther star Denai Guerrera for role. Actually, this is not the only role she's up for. I believe uh they have been eyeing her for the new Godzilla movie also. So the awesome, beautiful um, Denai Guerrera getting in that work. So I'm happy. You know, and start, if she's, if she's going to be on the next Star Trek, I'm definitely happy about that because, hey, you know, I, I love me some Star stuff. What can I say? And you knew Star Trek 4 was coming, so it kind of, <laughs> it is what it is on that one. Uh, it says here that's... Da, 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 da. Oh, so, okay, so it says here she will likely also be reteaming with her Avengers Infinity War co-star Chris Hemsworth, who was also in the first Star Trek, as George Kirk, which we found out a while ago that he may or may not be alive. Well, who who supposedly died at the beginning of the first Star Trek, uh, the 2009 Star Trek, by the way, not, yeah, of the, uh, the Kelvin universe. Uh, so either this is going to be some sort of flashback before then or something, maybe he made it, he got borgified or something, that, that sounds like something they would have done uh, so yeah, that's going to be cool uh, I don't know, those movies have been fun, There's, they've been definitely different from from the older Star Trek movies but they've been fun. The weirdness of having Beastie Boys get thrown in there and a couple other things is kind of, yeah, it is what it is. But then again, you have Beastie Boys um, illusions in Star Wars now. Also, thanks, JJ, which, I mean, I love the Beastie Boys. That's not that, but, you know, that's just throwing things in a little too much. Nevertheless, moving right along, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a Green Goblin is a 
as a glimpse at uh, how gorgeous the movie in. So yes, so Spider Man Into the Spider Verse is coming, and that is the movie uh, animated movie for, that is going to feature Miles Morales as Spider Man as well as the other Spider-Verse or of other Spider-Verse characters. And I can't wait for that to happen in December. So we got a picture here of um, Miles going against what looks to be a a giant Green Goblin. Um, from this picture, I don't know. Or maybe he took, or maybe um, Miles took some pen particles and it is what it is. Um, I'm going to actually, you're going to see some live editing here, folks. I'm not editing, but live moving here, but I'm going to save that for later. Um, and do this. You don't want to see that. And, uh, so yeah, there's that. Like I said, that movie's coming out and, uh, oh wait. Yeah, Sony dropped a new still image from a fight between Miles Morales and, uh, hulking dragon of a monster, Green Goblin. So, yeah, that's a good looking picture. I can't wait to see that picture regardless. So, um, Black Widow movie hires Kate Shortland as first solo MCU female director. <clears throat> so, yes, the Black, Mac, Black Widow movie is still coming. Um, we, we now have a director, I, we have a writer, and obviously, Charlotte, uh, I mean, um, Scarlett Johansson's going to be the lead of it. So we will see how that goes. There was also, I may have gotten to this later on, but there was a, another story um, in that um, Adrian Padalecki, a.k.a. Mockingbird from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, other things she does, wants to be a part of the Black Widow movie, which I'm, I'd be down with because she's kind of awesome as, as uh, Mockingbird. So we don't know much else about this uh, Black Black Widow movie uh, outside of the fact that it's coming and now we have the director. So, oh wait, it says hires production size, uh, designer and may film in 2019, obviously, because it doesn't have a, yeah, it's still kind of far off. Um, in speculation news, and I got to see if actually I missed something, which I don't think I did. Good. <clears throat> Uh, we believe Captain Marvel has been has cast Rick Jones, and everyone just missed it. Now I read this piece, and I'm like, really? This makes no sense. But if you've uh, got the link to a show notes, and you or and or you've seen this article, then you you have seen where this rabbit hole of speculation goes down. They're basically saying the the TLDR is that. Um, <clears throat> DeWanda Wise, who was cast in the Captain Marvel movie, who everyone suspected, including myself, to be Monica Rambeau, could very well be the female version of Rick Jones because they have gender-bent MCU characters in in past movies. And uh, and this article kind of goes through the lens of showing connections and, and what could be the case. And I'm still sitting here like, that's a stretch. And I will be very, and, but as this article actually goes as to say, um, and Dewanda Wise actually had to leave and Lashana Lynch is now the one that's in whatever role that's going to be. Uh, but this article does say, say that, well, if it, if it is Monica Rambeau, then she would be much, much older by the time um, 
Infinity War, the next the next Avengers movie comes by, which I'm sitting here like, well, so would Captain Marvel, that being the case, because Captain Marvel is set in the 90s, and um, Infinity War is like 2016, 2017, something like that. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. But we don't. We also don't know um, if any of that is actually true. They spelled Monica Rambo's name wrong in this article, which okay. So anyway, so yeah, and if you did not know, Rick Jones is a longtime um, Marvel character. He has had ties to Hulk, uh, the original Captain Marvel, aka Marvel, and I think that's also where. The, this person is linking that to this Captain Marvel in a sense. Uh, except for I don't think it'll go down the same way because yeah, his link to Cap- to Marvel was an actual link. But hey, we'll see. I've spent way too much time on that article. Uh, Clock and Dagger EP teases classic comic book villains for season two. I have yet to watch Cloak and Dagger yet. I'm hearing good things about it, but uh, let's see. Seven and ten issues have now aired. One education stories game. Remember the, the two characters are beginning to spend more time together. Yep, 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 yep. Um, does it say here some of the stuff I hadn't been able to read? Read. Um, so Mr. Jip apparently was in one of the episodes, and they're setting up something for it next year that might have a villain that doesn't look like this article says. So, if you've been uh, checking out uh, um, Cloak and Dagger, hey, I would say let us know how you're going to put you in thoughts on Twitter if you want to, but and I don't think anyone on this cast has been, or any of the other crew has watched Cloak and Dagger. Maybe Tim has. I don't know how to watch him when he's, come, when he's back on. But Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 6 to begin shooting this week. Um, and that was... Well, actually, that was this week. So, Season 6, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. could be could be uh, filming this week. Um, this news comes from, I guess, Chloe Bennett's uh, Instagram, an Instagram story that says that um, this could be happening... Uh, the upcoming season received 13 episodes as opposed to the 26th as, or the 20 or so as normal. So yeah, as you can see here, a picture of Chloe Bennett and uh, yeah, there you go right there. That other stuff with her, whatever boyfriend, I'm going to leave that alone because hey, that's between her and that idiot. Um, anyway, in Incredible Hulk actor Edward Norton throws shade at Marvel Studios. So Ed Ed Norton played uh, the Hulk in actually the Good Hulk, which was the second Hulk movie. Uh, yeah, and also was the one that is actually in the MCU proper. So apparently, he was at Bruce Willis's uh, roast that Comedy Central had for him. Um, and I guess they got he got to talking to a, a reporter around that time, and Norton says, um, told the crowd that wait. So Norton, who played the lead character of Doctor Bruce Banner in 2008, uh, Incredible Hulk, told the crowd in attendance that he was difficult to work with during production of the film because of his writing. Now, 
okay. I, this is where I say it, this is not the first time that uh, people that it known been known to be difficult. Uh, come around filming stuff. So, all right, and take it for what it is. But he says in a quote, uh, "I wanted a better script." Norton said, according to a tweet from the Huddle reporter's Ryan Parker. So it doesn't exactly says um, what else he said about that. Just that, but apparently Marvel Studios released a statement. Uh, which says our d- d- decision is definitely not one based on monetary factors, but instead rooted in the need for an actor who embodies the creativity and collaborative spirit of our other talented cast members. The, the studio cited the need for an actor that could work as a part of an ensemble along uh, Robert, Chris H, Chris E, Sam Scarlett, and the rest of our talented uh, cast. So, Basically, I, I, they, it sounds like they're saying, yeah, Norton doesn't play well with others, which I think has been said in the past. So, hey, we got a good Hulk right now who doesn't have his own movie, and hopefully we'll probably get his, movie, uh, his own movie. And if he does, I don't know how well, he can carry his own movie, let's face it. But yeah, that's that. Uh, Mondo's SDCC exclusive Avengers Infinity War poster is suitably epic. So if you're watching the video, you can see the postered actually here's a bigger uh, thing of the poster it's a pretty nice looking poster um do we know who drew it who i don't see the artist but they're sending at at mondo tees uh at um san diego comic-con on sunday a uh, limited time version of the poster will go up on sale at mondo tees.com oh here we go Matt Taylor illustrated the poster, which is a 24 by 36 inch screen print. The Comic Con poster will be priced at 80 bucks and can be purchased at the Mondo booth uh, 435 starting Sunday. Uh, the limited time version available on Mondo's site will be 60. So if you don't get it at Comic Con, you can get it on the site shortly thereafter for $20 left. So again, there is the poster. Go check it out. Iron Fist season two motion poster teases the steel serpent. So yeah, uh, there's a tweet from the Iron Fist. Um, I hope I actually did say Iron Fist, but the Iron Fist uh, Twitter account with the Iron Fist logo in neon. And um, yeah, features a green neon sign for the Iron Fist logo. We get a hint of season two story where the neon sign abruptly highlights the red logo of the steel serpent. Warn the sworn enemy of the Iron Fist. So, there you go. I am still trying to work my way through the the first season of Iron Fist, and I still haven't watched Luke Cage season two yet. So, there you go. I think uh, Agent Seventy has watched Luke Cage, and everybody else. Well, anybody who actually cared to watch him has watched it already. So. Uh, more Iron Fist news. Iron Fist season two release dates revealed. Misty Knight joins cast. So as uh, some of you may know, Misty Knight uh, is a one-time lover of one Danny Rand, a.k.a. Iron Fist, and has been in, has shown up in the Luke Cage. I know she was in season two, uh, Luke Cage, and the first season, actually, where she got her, where she got her start. Um, so they may be working up to the the romance between uh, her and and uh, Danny. So that's cool. 
Plus, Simone, uh, because it, I mean, it's just awesome. Anywho, uh, the second season is scheduled to hit Netflix on September 7th, which I guess is a good thing that I'm going through the first season now for what it's worth. I'm pretty much halfway through. It's It hasn't been bad, but it's it's slow. Fox shareholders sues to stop Disney merger. So, yeah, that's still up in the air, folks. Um, Disney's trying to buy up the world, a.k.a. buy up Fox so we can get the family back together again and other things. But apparently a Fox shareholder is trying to stop it for some odd reason. Uh, let's see. Well, 21st century Fox shareholders are poised to meet on the July 27th, which is coming soon, to discuss Walt Disney's bid to purchase the majority of the company's assets. Not everyone under the Fox umbrella appears to be on board with the House of Mouse. Um, according to the Hollywood Reporter, Robert Weiss is leading other Fox shareholders in a lawsuit filed with Delaware Federal Court, which alleges that a proxy statement filled on June 28th omits or misrepresents the company's financial projections and the data underlying value uh, financial valuation analysis from Goldman Sachs and whatever legal shit and financial shit trying to get some more money out of it. I would imagine. I don't know one way or another, this is going to come to an end at some point, whether it be by Thanos or gobs and gobs of money. Uh, Stanley and Powell Entertainment launched new comic series Workforce. So, if you've been keeping up, there's been, and I know there's at least a one other. Well, it's not that's not Stanley Watch technically. This would probably be a part of part of Stanley Watch. So, you know that there was a lawsuit from starting Stanley to against Powell Entertainment, and we talked about that last week as to how that played out because he dropped the lawsuit and Powell kind of came out with an, uh, an a statement. Apparently they're still working together though because um, as reported by Deadline uh, Stanley's workforce will will debut on the 17th which is already passed um, at therealstanley.com with new chapters released every Tuesday and Thursday. Details are scarce but the trailer indicates a motion comic voiced by Lee. Uh, following the day in the life of writer, creator, movie star, and now boss, Stanley Workforce chronicles the comic adventures of the comics legend and his team of superpowered office mates as they battle adversaries ranging from interdimensional monsters to sentient copy machines. So, yeah, so this is like right after the lawsuit got dropped and a couple other things. This article brings up something else that happened, a, a claim that happened with all of that, that I didn't know, know any about, about his blood being used and put into ink for clickables, whatever. I don't know. The, the whole Stanley thing has been a wild ride. Um, and hopefully probably slowing down. Not unlike the man himself, hopefully. Uh, Henry Cavill reveals which Superman comic he wants to adapt. And actually, I look, took a read to this. And it is Superman for Tomorrow, looks like, which is uh, Superman 204 through 215. Uh, looks like Cavill was talking to some folks, and I guess they asked him what he what he wanted to, which one what he wanted to do. I've not read this because I'm not uh, too up on the Superman, all of Superman stories. I read some of them, but not a whole lot. So I don't know what this for tomorrow 
Uh, one is, which is luckily this article says so, and it says the storyline took place one year after the vanishing, I still don't know, uh, where a million people disappeared from Earth, including Superman's wife, Lois Lane. Superman had been uh, talking over his issues with a fatally ill priest, Father Leon, since the vanishing. Um, eventually, he traced the effects of the vanishing to a Middle Eastern country whose tyrannical leader has a surprise being working for him. Uh, yada yada yada. This is a Brian Azzarello story with generally doing art. I don't know. I'm actually kind of curious to see go back and see what it's about. Boy, it would be great if DC had a Marvel Unlimited style archive. I would probably pay for that because there's a lot of DC stuff that I am not up on, and I don't feel like continuing to buy something by graphic novels. I mean, uh, trades for that. Never move right along. Supporters of the Snyder Cut launched Suicide Prevention Fundraiser. So, uh, when Zack Snyder was forced to exit due to some family issues, um, it was not necessarily known at the time why he did it, but I guess at some point, come to find out that a family member of his committed suicide. Uh, the fans who won the Snyder Cut found out about this and started a... Um, and started a fundraiser um, by utilizing the hashtag five for five, which calls for $5 donations from fans. Thus far, the, the campaign has hit a thousand dollars in donations and Snyder himself has taken notice and thanked those behind the five for five campaign on Vero. No one uses the Vero anymore. So I don't know if anyone actually ever saw that. Um, so that's interesting. Um, I don't know that whole Petitioning for the cut in the in the first part, I I've got thoughts on that. I'm just gonna let that go though, because it's yeah. This was a good thing. Let's let's just focus on that. So, moving right along, uh, Black Canary Huntress Renee Montora, Cassandra Kane to anchor Birds of Prey movie, which we talked about a little bit of that last week. Uh, it is in in development. So we get to see Renee Montoya and Cassandra screen, uh, Cassandra Kane on the big screen. So that's awesome. Which I'm, I know there's been a version of Renee Montoya in Gotham, which I have. Um, oh yeah, and Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie, is going to be. And so I was right in, in that she was attached to this. Um, and it says here in this article that uh, it's unclear whether Renee Montoya or Cassandra Kane will bear their superhero identities of the question of Batgirl in the film. Stay tuned for that. Aquaman's Black Manta has been trolling fans on social media. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen II's Black Manta won the. Uh, he's not the primary antagonist of the Aquaman, Aquaman film, but. I guess he was in um, talks to JoeBlow.com, a, a site that I had no very little about outside of being a rumor site. Um, when asked about the sound of his voice in the film, he says, uh, I mean, I do some things with it, but we're still working on what it's going to be, which is funny because I posted something on Twitter, on my Twitter. I'm not sure if anyone's seen it, but my Instagram and my Twitter, I kind of teased the fans and said that I was leaking the suit as well. So, Oh, okay. So apparently he said all that, but just trolled him by putting up something else that was funny and kind of thickish, but actually more funny than anything else. So yeah, that happened. Um, hmm, that's funny. 
Supergirl season four cast Sam Whitmer as Agent Liberty. Man, I need to catch up with some of these shows. So Sam Whitmer, aka the voice of Darth Maul, aka of Super- wait, was he in Super- he was in Supernatural? Not Supernatural. Um, uh, being human, the, the U.S. version, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, sure. Yep, there we go. Being human once upon a time. He's done some other stuff. Uh, I didn't know he was in Smallville. I didn't stick around for Smallville long enough to do that. But again, voice of uh, Darth Maul in the Clone Wars and um, Rebels and another actual uh, movie that uh, Star Wars movie that came out quite recently, by the way, if you did not know. So yeah, um, Superman, uh, Supergirl, excuse me. Uh, still going strong, thankfully. Uh, Supergirl. I think they're trying to do Red Suns uh, Superman next season, and I guess this is a part of that. Red Suns Superman as a story I have not read, but I have it. I should read it because I hear it's pretty good. So yeah, there you go. Uh, Batwoman series in development at the CW because of course it is. Um, what's one more show, right? And now they're actually getting into Bat. <laughs> the Bat Family proper. Uh, it says Jeff Johns will be executive producer. Uh, Berlanti, Greg Berlanti, and Sarah Schechter uh, via Berlanti Productions. You know, the same people who's a part of the other shows are going to be a part of this. It's going to be Kate Kane. Um, yeah, we'll see how that goes when and or if it goes off the ground. Uh, Shazam debuts first official look at Zachary Levi in costume. So this one's kind of been floating around. This was from uh, Entertainment Weekly. Uh, you see, if you're watching the video, the you can see the the picture here of uh, Zachary Levi in Shazam costume with another kid. I'm assuming it's Freddie Freeman uh, in front of a <laughs> convenience store guzzling soda. I feel like there's a there's a um. There's a Jan Silent Bob thing going on here, but hey, it is what it is. So, yeah, I mean, hey, looks all right. That movie's coming next year at some point. Uh, Oh, yeah, and it also says here that uh, although nothing's official has been announced, it's widely speculated that the first footage from Shazam will be revealed this Saturday at the time of this recording, July the 21st, during Warner Warner Brothers Hall H presentation at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, Doctor Whitaker, uh, excuse me, Doctor Who season eleven trailer brings in Jodie Whittaker's Time Lord. Um, so earlier tonight, as of this recording, I just saw the last episode of um, the the tenth Doctor, where she comes in, um, and it was pretty interesting. It's definitely she definitely came in in true Doctor Who fashion, and uh, I am looking forward to seeing the. Some, if not all, of our season, because like I, said, I haven't seen all of the new Who, but I've seen a good, good bit of it. So, including some of the Tim Doctor, but that that um, the end of the episode was, like I said, was pretty Who worthy. Um, and I haven't watched this trailer, so I don't know if it plays on that, which I would assume it did, given the way that ended. The, you know, there's been clips of it around. So, excuse me, sorry. Twelfth uh, Doctor was. Um, 12th Doctor, she is the 13th Doctor. Um, 
and it's hard to keep all of that, all of that. Um, and I keep wanting to call him John Frobisher, even though that's a character he also played in Doctor Who and uh, Torchwood. That's kind of funny. Um, so yeah, that's that. We're looking forward to is that. I think that's going to be season sometime this fall. I'm pretty sure that's when that starts, or sometime soon, actually, when that starts. Uh, see photos from the new Shira series helmed by Noel Stevenson. So this has been a thing on social media um, in the last few days. Uh, there's a video showing, and I need to stop it, showing the old Shira clip. But if you're watching the video now, you can see a picture of um, this new version of Shira. That's good. I'm, I'm digging the art style on it. Um, this really has a, and at least for me, a battleship or grade type uh, uh, animation style, but I'm pretty sure that's not what they were going for. Uh, but you also see another sheer, uh, picture here. Here's a picture of the cast uh, for DreamWorks, Shira and the Princesses of Power. So, and a little bit more art from it. So, I'm curious to see what this is going to look out when this actually drops. Because, um, yeah, it was an interesting look at short short sounds of, you know, the different dudes and things. Of course, you're going to have your detractors on social media and some idiots talking about things. And I wish those people would die. I really wish people told those people would die because this is really ridiculous. It's a kid, it's for kids and and it's for. Well, I'm sure kids are kids at heart. Let's let's put it that way. And if it's not for you, okay, fine. But you you don't have to be, you you don't have to say certain things just because it's not what you want. Isn't when it's not even for you. How are you a grown behind dude talking about a a kid show? That's one for kids and two, you can say targeted for, for women. You might as well say, but you have a problem with how it's, how it is or how it looks or who's behind it. How stupid do you sound doing that kind of stuff? But there are stupid people, and I'm not going to say, but the, and the more, majority of the stupid white, uh, people that are talking about this are a certain group of dudes. Moving right along, uh, Netflix is going all in on the Millarverse with a live action Jupiter's Legacy series and more. So Netflix and Millar World continuing to, to make that money or to start making that money. So that's a thing. There's a couple other things. And uh, yeah, we'll see more on that as time goes by. I'm just going to try to run through some of this stuff kind of really quick because my voice is starting to go. Aftershocks, The Lost City Explorers coming to TV. So in the, the trend of everything, comics coming to TV, which yeah, it's starting to get a little bit much at this point. Uh, but good for Aftershock Comics, you know, because at this point it's it's going to get <laughs> it's going to get uh, pimped out until it's pimped out no more and dry and crusty sitting over in the corner shivering for last grasps of breath. But anyway, um, the Lost City Explorers is a sci-fi series focused on a group of teens who become underground urban explorers after a mysterious expedition leads to the disappearance of one of their uh, fathers. So that seems interesting. Uh, The book is written by Zach Kaplan with art by uh, Alvaro Sarasesca. 
and colors from the Cunif. So I haven't really checked out much uh, Aftershock comic stuff. I think um, Animosity was the only one I've checked out, and that's kind of interesting. But um, I don't know. You should probably check out some more of that stuff at some point because I hear they're doing some pretty decent things over there. Uh, Amber Tamblin joins FX's Why the Last Man pilot. Excuse me. Uh, so according to Deadline, Cam- Tamblin will be playing a, an original character named uh, Mariette Callows, the first daughter of the President of the United States, who's been grown for a politically uh, conservative career. Oh, boy. Uh, Amber Tamblin may b- have been known for the Sisterhood of Traveling Pants, Joan of Arcadia, and Two and a Half Men. And if you did not know why The Last Man is a vertical comic, that's, you know, that's all a lot of people back in the day have liked. So that's coming sometime soon. Uh, Agent Carter, writer, expands on the show's planned season three part. I, admittedly, I did not read this, and I had intended on it because Agent Carter was a good show that should have lasted way longer. Um, but yeah, apparently this article is basically saying, hey, this, there's some stuff that they wanted to do in season three. That would have, as this article says, up the stakes of the Cold War espionage. So, will we ever get to see it? Probably not. But that would be nice if we do. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home co-stars return in new set photos. So, we now know that um, Zendaya and also um, also um, I'm drawing the blank on dude's name. That's very good. Uh, Jacob uh, Batalon, who played uh, Ned, Ned, there we go, who played Ned, are going to be back for Spider-Man Far From Home, which, surprise. Um, So, yeah, apparently this was an Instagram story from uh, Zendaya's uh, account that that shared that. So, cool. It looks like uh, that movie's coming out uh, next July 5th. Uh, 2019. Cool. Uh, last in cinematic news, I believe it is. No, it's not, because that's right. There's a couple of things. Uh, the Dark Knight is returning to theaters for a 10th anniversary IMAX re-release. Yes, The Dark Knight, which was uh, sadly uh, Heath, uh, Heath Ledger's last movie, but arguably the best or a great version of The Joker. Um, which basically made that movie because let's face it, those Dark Knight movies were decent, but they were not great. Personally speaking, I, I say that. Um, and I love Christopher Nolan. I keep saying that. So they were decent. The the best part about Dark Knight was definitely part was partially due to this Joker. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. But it's uh, let's see. When is it coming back? Uh, the film will be screaming at California's AMC Universal City Walk IMAX, New York's AMC Lincoln Square IMAX, San Francisco, Metreon, and Toronto's uh, Ontario Place Cinesphere IMAX. Tickets for the limited engagement go on sale Jul- Friday to July 20th, which is tomorrow at the time of this recording. And I've said that. I wish I hadn't died for every time I've said that this episode. Um, some news I just saw uh, right before starting this. 
uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars to return with new episodes. So apparently Star, uh, Dave Filoni talks with uh, StarWars.com, obviously, about finishing the classic anime. So yes, so Star Wars The Clone Wars, which is, if you're a Star Wars fan, you should go check out that series because it's awesome. Rebels is also awesome too, and I, I'm saying that as unbiased as I possibly can, but Clone Wars is the deal. Um, it did five seasons, and then it did kind of part of a sixth, which I believe is still on Netflix, so you can go check all of that out. And there were some absolutely great stories in there, but they never did finish that sixth season up. So uh, so this is basically them saying it looks like they're going to uh, let's see. It's going to finish that up. So just announced by Dave Filoni Filoni at San Diego Comic-Con during the 10th anniversary celebration of the beloved animated series, the Star Wars The Clone Wars. We'll be returning with 12 all-new episodes on Disney's direct-to-consumer streaming service, of course. Um, created by... Da, 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 da. Wait. Okay, whatever. Um, the show first aired in 2008, became an entry point. Yep, 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 yep. yep. We are, you, you, by this time, you should know what The Clone Wars is. If you don't, again, Netflix, go hit it up. Um, but like I said earlier, they never finished it, and, and now... It says here, um, the Clone Wars ended after five broadcast seasons, which is true because basically season six or what they called season six were basically some lost episodes and stuff that they, you know, kind of finished with. I think probably kind of came in other parts of the season, I want to say, because it was a little disjointed. Uh, post, a few post season five episodes were later released as Lost Mission. Okay, so that's that what that is. And like I just said, but the story wasn't over. Fans have clamored for Disney and, and it was finished, finished, finished. And that's true because it, yeah, there were some questions I still have with the, with how that ended up. So apparently that was, that was not season six. That was season five. But I think I want to say that the DVD uh, kind of built a season six and that may or may not work. Or I'm just completely wrong. Regardless, Clone Wars is coming back. That's awesome. They're going to finish the fight. Shout out to Halo. Um, cold beans. I cannot wait for that. Does it say when that's going to happen? Uh, it just goes into it, probably does. But regardless, stay tuned for that. It'll, it's going to be, um, yeah, that's going to be cool. More Clone Wars is, is, is always a good thing because, like I said, there was some good stuff in there. Um, oh, some Iron Fist news that to, to kind of round the stuff off. Alice Eve to play Daredevil foe Typhoid Mary in uh, season two. Alice Eve, uh, actress who I don't want to say best known, but you've seen her in um, Star Trek Into Darkness as uh, Carol Marcus. At least that's where I know her from. She's playing on a bunch of other stuff, so I don't want to just limit her to just to that. So she's playing uh, Typhoid Mary. And knowing what little I know about that, that might be a pretty decent prick. I don't know. So. A Daredevil character coming into Iron Fist. Sure. Why not? Um, that, that tends to happen. And apparently they're still updating that story. So it is what it is on that one. Uh, we are now going into the comic book news. And holy crap. It's on, um, it is going on some time here. Um... Doc Ock gets superior again for new title this October. So the 
Superior Octopus will return in October with his own series. I assume they some of this kind of came out of uh, Amazing Spider-Man or Spectacular, one of the two. I don't know because I haven't been reading either of those books. But apparently it says here that Octopus was last seen in Amazing Spider-Man 800, taking the pseudonym of Elliot Tolliver to teach at Horizon University after seemingly turning a good new leaf. Superior uh, Spider-Man was a was a great book. I enjoyed it. And then I just dropped dropped it near the end. Um, or at least at the end, I should say. Um, when it was about to, to end. And I never did really go fully back into the Spider-Man stuff. Uh, no word on the creative, creative uh, team on this one. But apparently we will find out more on Friday, July 20th at... Um, San Diego Comic Con. So stay tuned next week where we'll probably have more San Diego Comic Con news. Uh, Carol Danvers' Secret Origins Unfold in Life of Captain Marvel number one, which that came out this week. And um, yeah, we're going to get uh, some origin, a little bit more origin story apparently. Or I guess more origin story than we've had from Carol uh, previously. So, like I said, Margaret, Margaret Stoll, who's been writing Captain Marvel, uh, the last volume of, Margaret, uh, of uh, Captain Marvel, is writing this with art by Carlos Pacheco and uh, Marguerite Savage, Savage, Savage um, covered by Julian Totino Tedesco. That's out there right now, by the way, if you want to go check that out, because so, that came out this week. Uh, Infinity Wars acts as an alarm clock for... Oh, there was also... I don't know if I have it in here. I hope I do. I do. It's the next one up. Uh, Infinity Wars acts as an alarm clock for Sleepwalker. Sleepwalker! Now, there's a name I haven't heard in oh, many a time. Many a year. Basically, it's a, a 90s character who could... Um, who could... Um, who could float through other people's dreams. Not unlike Doctor Strange. Not unlike... Um, Night mask from the new universe, but regardless, he neither here nor there. Um, this is being written by the hometown team of Chris Sims and Chad Bowers. At least I think I don't know. Chris may have moved, but Chad's still here in in South Carolina. But regardless, that's going to be on sale. Oh, and the art will be by Todd Knock, which hey, Todd Knock is, is is a dope artist, so that's cool. Uh, it will be on sale October third, and uh, is this a one shot? I think it is going into Infinity Wars. Oh wait, Sleepwalker one and two arrives in comic shops in October. So doesn't say here whether it's a it's a, a limited or um or a miniseries. But regardless, if you're of a certain vintage, you know who Sleepwalker is and. Yeah, we're going to get a bunch of books coming out of Infinity Wars. Uh, speaking of which, Ghost Spider coming to the, the Marvel Universe. So Ghost Spider is the heroine all known as Spider-Gwen. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you something, folks. She, I'm going to call her Spider-Gwen. I'm going to call her Spider-Gwen. She is, so they gave her, it's a, during the course of um, the Spider-Gwen comic, they gave her a new code name to go by. She's still going to be Spider-Gwen to me. Thank you very much. But she's getting a new book. As I said earlier, which was going to happen. Um, da, 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 da. And that is going to, oh, they'll be talking a little bit more about that 
also on the 20th at 12.30 during, during Marvel's panel. So, yeah. But basically, hey, Ghost Spider's getting a, a new book, a.k.a. Spider-Gwen, coming out sometime this fall, probably. Um, which, again, Spider-Gwen ended this, this week with uh, issue 34. So, kind of figured that was coming. Good stuff. Uh, I know I saw a tweet from one Tim Dog ninety eight hoping that with the with these other news like um, Ghost Spider and whatnot that we would get some news about a new Miles Morales uh, ongoing. But as far as this recording, I have not heard a thing. But anyway, X Men Black series coming this fall. So keep in mind that I think Gold and Blue are both ending, and X Men Black is is coming. So go figure that. Um, so here we see an image of uh, Magneto titled uh, Hearts of Darkness. The image in, features Magneto, like I just said, who which recently led a dark version of the X-Men and Uncanny X-Men and has since shown up in both blue and gold. So, yeah, I, I'm assuming Magneto is going to be needing another team as far as that goes. Marvel revised What Ifs with a series of one-shots. So this is amusing to me because I've enjoyed, uh, I used to enjoy What Ifs. So What Ifs, if the name doesn't uh, say or tell you anything, were basically one, some, mostly one-shot stories, but it was a series that was from back in the back in the 80s and 90s, or actually 70s through 90s, no, probably, where, okay, so you had like, hey, Infinity War ended this way, but what if it ended another way? What if, um, as this picture suggests, what if Spider-Man, what if the Punisher was Spider-Man? Uh, what if someone else took the mantle of XYZ character? You know, uh, what if Captain America was president, which I believe actually came true, which leads me to what I'm about to say in that um, this was a series that had a lot of stuff like that. Um, what if the what if the Beyond the One sequel or something like that? You know, it was just like basically an event happened, but went one way. But they tried to show a story from whether it went the other way. Most of the time, the story kind of, for the most part, ended relatively positive, or ended up kind of turning back around to where it seemed seemingly positive. But there was some good stuff out of that. And like I was saying, there was some what if stuff that actually ended up going into the Marvel Universe at large now, which is funny to me because actually I had an article that I had scripted out a long time ago that has never seen the light of day about some of that stuff that actually came true. One of which, well, you can argue argue that Captain America one uh, that I just mentioned kind of came true. But nevertheless, I want to say like some some version, some part of the Ultimates kind of was, was a what-do story at one point. But regardless... The it's stuff like that. So there's going to be a bunch of so there's going to be six one shots coming out later this year, probably obviously around the time of uh, Infinity Wars. Whether they'll have anything to do with that or not remains to be seen at this point because it doesn't say so here. But it says the first two titles will be released will be What If Spider Man and What If X Men. Uh, these titles will explore what would have happened if Flash Thompson became Spider Man. Like I said, that kind of stuff would happen early. I feel like there was a story. There was a story about that already could be wrong i don't know how i will have to check uh, marvel and never see what's what's out there for that stuff uh but yeah flash thompson came became spider-man instead of peter parker what if the x-men lived in a digital world respect really 
Like, don't they do that now? Anyway, uh, what if the Punisher will explore a world where Spider-Man is the Punisher, and what if Ghost Rider will cross over the spirit of vengeance into the real world, whatever that means? Um, and there was a, another one, which I think it says here. Um, yeah, here we go. Uh, what if Thor, where the God of Thunder is adopted by Frost Giants at a young age instead of his brother Loki uh, being adopted by Odin? So I would say a kind of a Red Sun, a Red Sun Superman type situation is going on there. Uh, and finally, what if magic, which shows you an alternative universe where Idiana Rasputin had the chance to uh, harness her powers without any complication or drama? I could have sworn there was one where she was Sorcerer Supreme. I could be that might have been me, um, me inferring that from the picture that I saw. But there is that, and I guess we have uh, some pictures of it. As you can see here, they're relatively big pictures. So there's the Ghost Rider one, and there's the Thor one, and the, okay, yeah. So this was the the picture that I saw, and yeah. So she has looks like yeah, she could be social Supreme. They're just not saying that because that's Doctor Strange's cloak. Um. But yeah, so those are coming. I'm definitely probably going to check out a couple of them or may even check out all of them because those what stories are usually kind of end up being kind of sort of interesting. And again, some of them ended up folding back into the Marvel Universe at large. I should probably do that article. Um, Loki just revealed the shocking origin of the Marvel Universe. So this kind of goes back to uh, Avengers number five. So we kind of already talked about that. Um so I will move on, move along on that because I pretty much told what happened with that. Marvel's Punisher relaunch uh, delayed by as series gets new artist. I did not know there was a new Punisher coming out, but sure, why not? Uh, Simon Kudransky replaces the original solicited artist uh, Ricardo Bocelli. Uh, so apparently that was an that was an announcement that um, that came out in a weekly newsletter. Uh, that pushes it back by two weeks. So it's coming out August 22nd as, as opposed to the first. And the second issue pushed back five weeks to September 26th. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now I remember. Yeah, this is the Matthew Rosenberg written book. So that's the thing that's coming. Uh, John Byrne returns to the X-Men in Alt History Elsewhere's run. So, John Byrne, one would say an, an iconic Marvel um, Marvel writer. Wait, wasn't the editor also? I can't remember. It ended up being... But regardless, he is one of the other ones that is... Um, he's up there with Claremont, you might as well say. Um, and I think he... Yeah, he also uh, drew. So, and I think, yeah, his, his, his claim fame is being a... a um, he wrote and also drew so from back back in the day, but his stuff was pretty distinctive. Um, so yeah, so this is basically the image of some people doing something. So it sounds like this is going to pick off on some old threads that John Byrne had at the end of Uncanny X Men one thirty six. 
Oh, dang. So it says it down at the bottom. It's like, um, seeing if Shooter hadn't thrown his team says many conventions it works, but then doesn't die, doesn't mean a whole bunch of other stuff that doesn't have. And apparently this was not scripted by Claremont and the pre- uh, Burn says here and says, never going to happen, but fun to think about, which I don't know what that's about, but hmm, interesting. So yeah, uh, X-Men Elsewhere. Maybe that's coming. Looks like it is. Maybe it's not. But he says it on his, on his website. So, uh, Black Panther. This is news that I freaking loved. Uh, Black Panther's sister Shuri is getting her own comic book series, and it's happening so so soon. So yes, Shuri. If um, if you did not know, was uh, is a uh, T'Challa's half sister. Or sister, if you want, you know, just just plain this saying it. You've seen if you've seen Black Panther, you've seen her there. Um, she previously held the mantle in the comics of Black Panther, and and uh, T'Challa's absence had a good run, which I need to go back and finish that actually. Uh, back in the late nineties, I want to say it was. So she's getting another book now, and yay! I'm actually actually pretty stoked about this. Now, uh, recent, fairly recently in the comics. Shuri has taken on a another mantle and another set of powers, uh, thanks to um, Tanahasi Coates. So we don't necessarily know, or do do we? Because of this, um, da, 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 da. oh, okay. So we we so here we go. We have we have what's going on here. Uh, I should mention that this is going to be written by Doctor. Um, Nettie Okorfor, who has written, and also art by Leonardo Romero. Uh, she's written, she's actually now writing um, the Wakanda Forever one-shots. She also previously wrote Rise of the Black Panther. One of the um, one of the Black Panther books she wrote a couple of issues on that has come out issues. Some good stuff. You should go check it out. Um, and she also has another book from another company, which names escape me, uh, escapes me at this point. But she is a she's a writer. She has a bunch of novels of her own, which uh, I all told her pretty good. Uh, Whose fears death, which is an acclaimed one, and is also going to be made into a, an HBO series. Oh, okay, yeah, Black Panther: Long Live the King. That was her. Rise of the Black Panther was um, was someone else, and I apologize to both of both of you. Uh, Evan Narcissus wrote Rise of the Black Panther. I apologize for both of you for that mix-up. But, nevertheless, this is coming soon, and it looks like on October 18th, this will focus on Shuri's journey in the face of of a tragic event. Black Panther is lost in a mission in space, which we know from the first couple of issues of his book. A recent volume of his book, Leaving Wakandans, asking questions, which now that puts me into court, that gives me some questions, because, okay, because we weren't really sure where the space story was going or whether it had anything to do with uh, anything going on back home or whether it's just kind of a else, you know, kind of a outside story, but sounds like to me that it is. So therefore, anyway, um, leaving Wakanda's asking questions about who should lead in his absence as his little sister and the next in line for the throne. Shuri is pulled from her happy place. Oh, wait a minute. Her from her happy place, her lab full of impossibly genius high tech gadgets, and into a much heftier role. So this is taking 
cues from the movie and not the book because like I said, Shuri is not um doing anything technical in in the the black or in the last volume of the recent Black Panther book. So they're actually taking this from the movie. Um interesting. Um and into a much heftier role. And she's also led she's also been uh the leader of Wakanda at, when she in her role as the Black Panther because like I said, Shachala was not around. So I guess this is basically another another um another situation like that. So it says that she'd rather be testing gauntlets than throwing them. But a nation without a leader is a vulnerable one and sure may have to choose between Wakanda's welfare and her own. So kind of going through a similar thing to Tyler's had to go through back in the day or some would say still goes through. So again, I'm looking forward to this and that little wrinkle that she's not the Shuri from or I don't know if they're going to blend that, but like the last version of Shuri that we have in the comics is not the version that they showed in the movie Black Panther, far from. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, again, and here's a, here's a picture of it, which I saw this picture of it, and I guess I should have inferred that. But and you can also see her in the 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 uh, the costume she has on now is kind of the one that they have um, that they put her in on the comics. So I guess maybe they're blending the two. I don't know, but. It, I'm curious to see how that's going to um, how that's going to play out. Um, but yeah, but like I said, good news. I'm I'm looking forward to this. I already have it on my poll list, um, and uh, definitely we'll be talking about it on the show when that comes out. Marvel and IDW initiates uh, comics and trade paperbacks for young readers. My voice is going, so is my brain. And I actually need to get up out of here soon. But um, so Marvel and IDW, IBDW is apparently doing some young adult uh, trade paperbacks and IBDW is going to be the one uh, publishing them, which you would think they would have done that with the Marvel Rising stuff as opposed to putting them out as single issues. That seems that seems weird. Uh, but that's launching in November 2018. The collaboration will kick off with a Spider-Man series featuring both Peter and Miles Morales, followed by an Avengers series beginning in December, and the Black Panther series in January of 2019. Uh, each of these series, each of these titles will serve as an easily accessible jumping-on point for younger readers to follow the adventures of their favorite characters. So, good on them from doing this. Um, why did it do Marvel Rising? I don't know. That's weird. Uh, so if you didn't know, like there are three Marvel Rising books starring uh or issues starring um Squirrel Girl and Miss Marvel that are out now. So I actually need to read those. Anywho, uh, Stanley honors Steve Ditko. So as we said that last week, Steve Ditko has passed, and uh, this was you know. Uh, um, yeah, and uh, Stanley took to Twitter to give his condolences. Um, there is that. Uh, look inside superstar Bill Sinkovich's uh, SDCC story sketchbook. So, yes, again, San Diego Comic Con's on. Uh, Bill Sinkovich is doing a sketchbook, and he's going to be selling it there. At Comic Con, so if you if you're a fan of his art and you are there at the show 
And Alex Ross is also doing one, and they're both going to be sold there. There's going to be a signed version and an unsigned version. Uh, and, oh, it looks like um, if you're not intending, uh, join the waitlist for this sketchbook in, oh, okay, signed and unsigned versions starting today. So I guess, okay, so you so if you're not at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, you can still get a copy of uh, Singing Bridges sketchbook. Um, and hopefully, well, by the time, because this is a couple of days old, that was a few days old, so hopefully you can probably get in on that still. If not, I'm sorry for you. Uh, Marvel San Diego Comic-Con convention exclusive, so yeah, as per usual with the stuff, there's a lot of um, swag and stuff that they're selling at the San Diego Comic-Con. These are a bunch of pins. There's a couple of posters. Uh, t-shirts, uh, looks like Tumblr sets with Infinity Stones. That's kind of neat. And uh, so yeah, some stuff that you probably won't be able to get uh, anywhere else. Oh, I like that make my Marvel shirt. That's kind of cool. I would, I would, I would rock that. Uh, there's a agent, a sweet Christmas in, in the public enemy fought found. That's pretty cool. Anyway, t-shirts, a bunch of stuff, swag. If you're there, go cop that stuff if you if you want to. Of course, if you're there, you're probably not watching this. Uh, Bait brings TMNT, Bruce Lee, Funko Pops, and Wu-Tang Clan Transformers, which I got a message from uh, Matt Wang saying he couldn't make it to the booth, uh, the Bait booth, and he'll try again tomorrow. <clears throat> because, yo, I'm just going to skip past all of these Funkos and get to it. And that, actually, that, um, that Power Rangers Alpha gold figure is pretty cool. But for me... <clears throat> The Wu Tang Clan Transformers 4.5 inch figures. I want these. They're 30 a piece and $100 for the set. Hopefully, Matt can, uh, can get these for them. If not, then it, I understand because it gets crazy there and people are clamoring for a bunch of this stuff. I think last year there was a, a, a Optimus Prime with the same color scheme of black and gold if you're watching the video. And I could never get it. And the markup on those things have been crazy and it's sad. I still want one of those. But it's never gonna happen. But it's probably not gonna happen. So, yes. So these, um, I don't know. If they, I don't think these actually transform. But I reckon that these are cool, and I want these, and they're probably gonna go behind me on my shelf once I get this room straight. Uh, Jason Momoa's comic accurate costume debuts a new figure. Figure. So if you're watching the video, you can see what um, looks to be a mixture of the classic. Aquaman figure with Jason Momoa, more, well, at least the costume part anyway, um, with Jason Momoa in it. Not like uh, what was shown in Justice League, which is him bare-chested and sprawling, whatnot. So, I don't know. That kind of looks funny on him. But nevertheless, it's a thing. It's out there. I don't think they're selling it. Yeah, I think they might be showing some of the Aquaman stuff at San Diego. Um... No word as to whether this is out or not. So, DC announces Wonder Woman Justice League Dark uh, crossover. So, Wonder Woman is going to team up with Justice League Dark, I guess. Oh, and Justice League will cross over into what's being built as a horror story arc titled The Witching Hour, which finds the superheroes facing off against the witch goddess Hecate. Um, Justice League Dark, which will be starting the issue, uh, which book will be starting next week. Uh, and apparently Wonder Woman will be leading when all of this stuff is coming out of um, 
metal and whatnot. So, yeah. And basically, it's her with the magical side of the 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 the, uh, the DCU. Is that Detective Chimp? Really? Okay. Anywho, uh, Mr. Miracle, number 9 through 12, rescheduled. So I don't think this is the first time this has happened. But the first three issues of... Wait, the first... The final three issues of... Uh, DC Comics Mr. Miracle has been delayed. The Punisher has notified retailers that the updated release dates are um, August 1st for the for issue 10, August 22nd for issue 11, and October 10th for Mr. Miracle number 12. That has actually been a pretty good read. Um, if you liked Tom King's Vision uh, miniseries, which was also 12, 12 issues and kind of did some reconstruction on the character, I think you will probably like this. It is pretty as weird as you would think if, if you've read like said that one so where it's going to go we don't know but nevertheless it's been but there's been some good stuff happening in the course of it so it's been delayed um in justice 2 one of the dc's major heroes makes the ultimate sacrifice uh spoiler alert again like i said injustice 2 was not a book i have been keeping up with but I, i'm hearing some pretty decent stuff um. So wait, is it? And like I said earlier, uh, Brainiac invaded Earth. Uh, they needed Superman, so they got him out of chains. Um, and things happen. So somebody dies. It looks like uh oh, Booster Gold's dying. Okay. Well, who cares? Uh, yeah, that, and as the story that, that arc looks like it was alluding to like something, something similar that may have happened in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie or two. Um, so yeah, Kyle Rayner goes full-on Evangelion against the Dark Stars. This is also uh, from Hal Jordan and the Green Lanterns. I'm pretty sure one of the other guys is probably reading this, but I am not, so I don't know what in the world is going on. So uh, the Dark Stars, a longtime rival to the core, has been reactivated, and the Lanterns have been forced to resort to desperate measures. So, some things are happening in that book. Cool. Yeah, Evangelion is an anime, then probably last, uh, slash manga that is well regarded, also slightly confusing, and I don't think finished, but. Never. That's neither here nor there at this point, which is why they had that Evangelion reference. Um, I think it has something to do with some giant mechs, if I'm not mistaken, at some point. Or at least that was circling around it. But regardless, whatever. Uh, New Scott Snyder DC Comics project to be announced Friday. Um, people have been posting their, uh, or creators specifically have been posting their Comic-Con um, panel schedules. Uh, Scott Snyder being one of them that they've been putting out on Twitter. And um, it says here, let's see. Is there Friday to Sunday? Friday will be the big Justice League panel with a new project from me announced. Come say hi. So again, next week, we'll find out more about all of that stuff because, you know, a lot of stuff hasn't been announced as, as uh, at the time of this recording. Uh, Mr. Robot getting a prequel comic from series creator. Um, <clears throat> so there's going to be a Mr. Robot comic series by Black Mask Studios. 
Um, series creator Sam Esmail will be pinning the book alongside the show writer Jeff McGibbon. Antonio Fusco will illustrate the series with colors from Tyler Boss. So if you like Mr. Robot enough and you like comics, hey, there you go. This is coming out and uh, it looks like it's going to be a prequel to the events of the show's first season. And I don't know that much about the show because I've never watched it. So good on them, I guess. Uh, Greg Pak helms monthly James Bond 007 series beginning in November. Uh, Dynamite Entertainment and Ian Fleming Publications, they're doing another, which I could have sworn Titan had the, the license to James Bond, or maybe they do have a license. I don't know how all of that works, but regardless, congrats to Jake, uh, Greg Pak, um, and whoever else. Oh, Mike Lamming looks like he's doing the, the art and as you can see here, that's the looks like the um the cover for the first issue. Uh no, 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 no. it's a James Bond story. Let's just go with that. Lego James Bond, Lego recre- recreated James Bond's Aston Martin DB5, complete with ejector seat and hidden machine guns. So if you see here from the pictures, um, this is actually pretty cool. That's pretty that's interesting. Wow. You can see a um you can see the Lego version, you can see the the a picture of the actual version. So that's pretty cool. Uh, oh damn, you can see it does have the ejector seat. That's neat. So um there's uh, also another set, the, the Voltron set, which um you know is uh making rounds on the social media and I believe they're selling at uh, South, uh, South Carolina, uh San Diego. Um that's another pretty intricate set. Uh, I saw uh, the video of it thanks to Matt Wang. Let me get off of that. That's pretty cool. But this is neat. Uh, so, yeah, they're doing interesting things with Legos nowadays. Uh, Rainbow Bright lights up comic books once again. So, there's going to be a new Rainbow Bright series uh, written by Jeremy Whitley of Unstoppable Wasp fame. And I guess he did uh, My Little Pony. And artist Brittany Williams of Patsy Walker, aka Hellcat. Oh, and Goldie Vance. Yes, I, th- I remember her from both of those. So, it's going to be a, a brand new all ages book based on the 80s toy, <laughs> uh, toy line. So, yeah. Um, so cool beans. Uh, let's see. It says, uh, in Rainbow Bright, Wisp and Willow are best friends who live in a small town and Super Bowl until Wisp discovers someone stealing the color from the world because that's kind of a thing in the Rainbow Bright universe. Um, yeah, well, cool. Uh, if you're at Con- so at San Diego Comic Con, Jeremy Whitman's going to be there, and I guess they're going to be they have posters and whatnot, and that's coming this fall. Uh, Gail Simone, named um, as chief architect of superhero line Catalyst Prime from Line Forge. So this is big news because um, as far as I know, she wasn't doing anything with any of that line. Um, and I need to catch up on a lot of stuff because there's some good stuff in those books. So Line Forge's um, Catalyst Prime universe is a superhero universe. Um, not unlike the Marvel Universe and, and, and DC, this, but it's probably more in line if you are of a certain vintage of the new universe from Marvel, whereas it's more grounded in a universe like real life. Except for the, well, actually, more than that, because, yeah, because there's an event that happened that caused the people 
not unlike the new universe that causes people to get powers. Um, but unlike the universe, it, the new universe was an accident. Someone kind of spearheaded that. And the big bad is kind of all over a couple of the Kados Prime books. Again, I need to catch up on that. Some other, because like I said, Noble and a couple of other, Noble and Superb were actually some pretty good books. And there was a couple of other books that were pretty decent. So, but it looks like, yeah, um, Gail Timon says, I can barely exp- express my excitement over this, and I want to thank Lionforge for inviting me to play in this new, amazing new toy box. Uh, Simone told Heat Vision about the news. Everywhere you look, there's something new and thrilling about this universe, and what we're planning is unlike anything I've seen elsewhere. So, good on Gail Simone. She's, uh, I, she, uh, we talked about last week, uh, the, she's writing Domino. She's also writing the Plastic Man uh, miniseries, which has actually been pretty good for DC. Um, and she's been, you know, a writer of, of some acclaim of a long time. So this is kind of a new thing for her. So that's kind of awesome. I'm looking forward to see what, uh, what happens with that. So congrats to, uh, Gail Simone. Oh, wait, wait, well, hold on. Astonisher number 10. Oh, Priest is writing a Astonisher. I'm glad I'm still getting that book then. Um, so yeah, and then this article is going through, uh, some upcoming books in the a couple of upcoming books in the Catalyst Prime line, uh, and it looks like um, Christopher Priest, a, a favorite writer of mine, is taking over. Um, is returning to the line for the first time since co-writing the very first its very first issue. Okay, so he wrote the first issue of Astonisher, and he's coming back to Astonisher with issue ten. Rodney Barnes, who um, wrote the previous um, Falcon series for Marvel, is writing a new book called Quinn Quinn Incredible. Quinn Incredible. <clears throat> so it says Quinn, the high school sophomore, is looking to live his best life by moonlighting as a superhero. The catch is powers and vulnerability, and that's the only power his hands. So it kind of sounds like kick ass, but. But um, different, I guess. And the Stonisher was basically like a, um, um, basically like I like I said with uh, Sleepwalker and, and Nightmask at all earlier. In that, um, there's a guy who can go through other people's dreams, except for he can't just go through anybody anybody's dreams. He basically goes through the people in this universe who have powers, if I'm not mistaken. So anyone who's got their powers from the the event that happened. He can only walk through and do things in their dreams. Um, that is one book that I haven't really kept up on a whole, whole lot, actually, because I think I read the first couple of issues and not necessarily dropped it because I'm still getting it, but I haven't really, but I haven't um, read up on them. Like I said, that's a Catalyst, the, uh, the Catalyst Promise line is um, one I kind of want to go back to. And I think I had a couple of articles that I had drafted on that one. Um, and that, folks, is that. Actually, I would say this: uh, the Disney Universe, the uh, Disney, the DC Universe streaming service is priced to take on Netflix, which I feel like we have already known this because this was some. I pulled this earlier, but I was going to save it for next week. But I might as well go ahead and get it out of the way for right now. Uh, today, DC announced that uh, an annual DC Universe subscription, which is their digital service, that's going to have like uh, the new team the new Young Justice show and a bunch of their other shows streaming like Titans, uh, Swamp Thing, The Outsiders. All that's going to be there for the low, low, well, for the price of 
$7.99 a month and $74.99 a year, looks like. So, and there's going to be a lot of um, a, a few other shows and things that they're doing along with this this uh, platform. So we'll see how that plans out when it starts. But at least we know the pricing of the stuff. I don't know if it's worth it or not at this point. Uh, but we'll see going forward. I don't know. I feel like at least one of us on the panel might end up taking taking a look at it and um, seeing what it's about in some way, shape, or form. But folks, that is it. Uh, we got one more ad that I'm going to do uh, before we close this out. And let me close up. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Funco. Fun at first sight. Your home for exclusive collectibles, apparel, and brand merchandise. And now the listeners of the Combo Chronicles can enjoy 10% off of your entire purchase while shopping at Funko. Uh, To place your first order with 10% off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Funko link and place your order. Uh, when you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Funko through cspn.us. Do it today. And with that, folks, we come to the end of a... Wow, two hours. That's ridiculous. All by myself. All by myself. We come to the end of the show. I want to thank everybody for coming out. Um, and I want to thank everybody for listening to this trying wreck because I've realized that I'm not the one that people come to this show for, but it's all good. Um, you can find me, Rydicat, at Rydicat at at, um, on Twitter, News Nerds Need on Twitter. I have a Reddit at News Nerds Need. You can go check that out. Check Instagram, CBCaps. Um, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. Uh, PopCultureNetwork.com. IneedComics.com. Go check them out there. Tim Dog 98 on Twitter. D Click Nation. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N O one word on Twitter. CB Cron on Twitter. That's C B C H R O N. Uh, and also, of course, dclicknation.com. Well, hopefully, we're going to start putting these shows back up because we are dreadfully behind on putting them up there. But nevertheless, they're on CSPN, so you can go check them out. So, CSPN.us for our show and a whole bunch of other podcasts. Uh, subscribe again at uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, the Coastal Other Podcasts, uh, Coastal Other SoundCloud, a.k.a. the CSPN SoundCloud. Uh, you can also go to sheetshop.cspn.us where you can get some merch from this show and other fine shows at large. And with that, folks... We will be back next week with probably a bunch of uh, San Diego Comic-Con news and probably more people than just me. But I thank you for coming out and uh, everyone have a great night. This is the CSPN's, uh, excuse me, this is the Click Nation Comic Chronicles and we're out. This woman is new, I will be hired.